I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Podcast. We're listening to the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Freaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Sebastian. I'm joined as always here on the sports patio of my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? I'm alright. Alright. Bo Sebastian, here we go. It is December 7th, a day that will live in infamy. And this is one of America's truly tragic and historic days. And although those dirty Japs snuck up on us and hit us with a cowardly attack, that day and those lives will not be in vain because a sleeping giant woke up and showed the world what happens when you fuck around. So just like the famous Asian Asians of Asia past have said, something wrong, we too low, holy fuck. Bang ding ow. And I think what that means, if I remember my um, Asian uh, correctly, is <laughs> let's beat these fucking bookie cunts. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness, look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up with those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio. We got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Shiner Cheer by Shiner Brewery in Shiner, Texas. Yeah. 4.25 stars out of 5. Fantastic beer. 
And tonight we're going to continue to spread the holiday cheer with the real story of the two different Christmases, Longhorn, Mm-mm. the religious and the secular. So, boys and girls, when Christmas was first invented, there was already a holiday going on and people were already partying. But the new religious crowd did not like it. Those stuffy old fucks were like, hey, I know you've been partying on this day since the beginning of time, but now we've decided it's Jesus' birthday and y'all got to tone it down. (laughs) And the secular crowd was like, wait, because some fucking Jew was so cheap he wouldn't pay a little extra for the two bedroom and instead he let his 13 year old girlfriend give birth (laughs) in a barn. We can't have beer and sing songs? (laughs) Go fuck yourselves. So the Puritans in England actually canceled Christmas in 1645. And if you're like my buddy Longhorn, you're probably thinking, that wouldn't happen in America. Well, you're fucking wrong about that, because the quote-unquote pilgrims didn't allow Christmas in America either. And in fact, Christmas was outlawed from 1659 to 1681 in the city of Boston. And anyone exhibiting Christmas spirits would be fined five shillings on the spot. But... Thankfully, for all all of us, the true pages in this country, who turned out to be the CEOs of Coke and Budweiser, they came along and got behind the whole deal, and now we all get together and get drunk with Jesus every single year, and it really is my favorite holiday, boys and girls. Yeah, I don't really appreciate anything you just said about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and using him in that vein, but you know what? The getting drunk part on Jesus' birthday, cheers to that. Cheers to that, and cheers to you guys, and we're going to get into the podcast. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the... Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) We're going to go over all those wins in the air tonight in the NFL, and of course, of course, we're going to get you paid, as we always do with those free picks. But right now, we got to get paid, and to do that, here's this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Benny's Tax Evaders. Yo, it's your Uncle Benny here to tell you about your fucking taxes there. Did you know that for every fucking dollar you make, it gets taxed by the fucking government there? How the fuck is that, huh? I mean, if some fucking slob owes you a couple of fuzzles you collect on Uncle Sam over there once it's fucking 30%, what the fuck? Forget about it. With Vinny's tax evaders, you ain't turning over a fucking dime to those cocksuckers. All you's gotta do is make sure everything you collect is in cash and nobody knows why's about it, capiche? And if some jagoff tries to rat you out, you just call us and we make it like nothing ever happened. So keep those fucking white hats of washing out of your fucking pockets there with Vinny's Tax Evaders. And maybe you do us a small favor in return, huh? Something like making sure a certain someone may not be a certain amount alive anymore, possibly. Salute! Holy shit, Longhorn, that Vinny's Tax Evader, that's, uh, that's pretty mm. apropos. <clears throat> it's coming up on tax season, boys and girls. Jan mm. 1 is coming up. And those goddamn motherfuckers at the IRS, and now mm. they've hired, like, how many ever fucking hundreds more? And they've given them all guns. So I don't know if they're going to... Come hold us at gunpoint for our fucking taxes to bleed every last goddamn cent out of us of what they're planning on fucking doing. But fuck those people, fuck the IRS, and fuck our tax system, period. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't need Jesus to come take the will. I need Jesus to come take all these taxes away (laughs) and get our country back to the way it used to be. Fuck. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great that's just fucking great the bad is this bad is this bad well that's fucking not good and the are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me god damn it are you fucking with me
boys and girls, and as always, we start with the good, and the good last week was us on the podcast again. Uh, my buddy Longhorn hit the sounder on Cincy, hit the sounder on Vegas, trend of the week on Cincy, 2-0 and oh, yet again on our free picks. Good lord, we've been on fire on that. And anybody who told us, if you listen, my buddy tells you all the time, you gotta listen to all of our podcasts. You listen to the preseason podcast we gave you. Fresno State over eight and a half wins is the best bet, and bonus best bet on that one was them to win the Mountain West. Gave all that to you. We cashed them both uh, last week. Um, Super contest, my buddy. Four and one. I went three and two. We were both alive after one week. First time all season we can say that. So a lot of good shit going on in the podcast. Yeah, you got to use them all. Uh, apparently, I need to listen to this very podcast that's blasting in my ear balls right now because I did not have a ticket on Fresno or the <laughs> conference. So, yeah, just like you guys, I need to listen as well. All right, move on to the bad. The bad last <clears throat> week was us to our clients. Uh, Stinko week. They do happen. Uh, we're moving on, though. Look. We don't win every week. We never claim that we do. Uh, we do win. We I didn't tally it up, but uh, we're at least 70% winning weeks on the season. So, you know, it happens. Bad week. But... Doo-doo. Just doo-doo. All right. Moving on to the are you fucking kidding me? Oh, the choices I have. I could go with LSU, who outgained Georgia. They put up over 500 yards and 30 points on that mm. vaunted Georgia defense, but somehow <laughs> couldn't kick in the back door for a 17 and a half point cover. Nah. I could go with Michigan, who for the second time this year, Harbaugh fucks us uh. right in the ass by running the score up late, not to mention the fact that Purdue outgained them by almost 100 yards, and that's with Michigan getting 44 yards on the last meaningless possession, mm-hmm. so really over 100, to Hate cover them. that spread. And not to mention the fact that Purdue threw a pick in the end zone in the fourth quarter where they could have taken the outright lead, but then somehow still couldn't (laughs) cover the 17 points that we gave it out at. By the way, the game closed at 15. No, not going with that. I could go with Green Bay, Chicago, where we had the under. All we needed was one first down from Green Bay. Two-minute warning already happened. One first down, game's over. And then some knees. We get our under. Sweet. But then a no-name running back goes for 46 yards and a touchdown. But no, I'm not going for that. Uh, I'm going to go with Houston. I thought my buddy Longhorn's handicap on that game was awesome. I fully endorsed that pick. And if you told me before the game that not only would Watson be rusty, (laughs) but he'd be terrible and Cleveland would not score an offensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. I would have said, great, we win. Yeah. But we lost a game in which we were catching over a touchdown in the NFL to a team that did not score an offensive touchdown. And I honestly believe, say what you want, honestly, Houston did all they could to throw that fucking game on purpose. I've never seen anything like it. But regardless of that, that's the last nickel that that fucking mm-hmm. piece of shit city mm-hmm. is going to get of my money the rest of this fucking season. There is no handicap for quitting. There is no handicap for lack of pride. Game fixing, whatever you want to call it. Bottom line is, we are handicappers, <laughs> and I'm not wasting my goddamn time yeah. with a team that can't be fucking handicapped. Fuck Houston forever. Yeah. 
Yeah, it seems like we've had a, and I know no one likes to hear that when, <clears throat> you know, when you're losing, but this, I don't, we've been doing this for a long time. I don't remember a year where we've had this many of those type of bad beats, not just the Houston, but this, you just went down a whole list and we've done that several times this year. And usually it's one a weekend, maybe on a bad weekend too. feels like this has been a lot this year. Um, again, no excuses. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get it all straightened out. But like, yeah, it's been a real bad year. And um, as my buddy likes to famously say to wrap up this segment, are you fucking kidding me? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby. Boys and girls, time to go over all those wins coming in the air tonight. We're going to start up in Tennessee. Those Titans, three and a half point consensus home favorites over those over my Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is this is one of those lines that, um, and I, I talked about it a few times last week. I, was, I talked about the um, trappy-looking lines and the ones that make you kind of think. Um, and uh, I had that written up in one of these handicaps uh, above. Uh, I'll get to that later whenever you get to that game. But basically, Jacksonville is one of these games that the number looks enticing and it makes me want to take. Jacksonville, but I just don't. Um, I don't have that feeling situationally in this spot. Um, Tennessee is uh, obviously the better. Well, that's, I think Tennessee's the the better team. I don't. It's, it's debatable how much they're better. You can tell me what the numbers say when I get to you. But situationally, they're both coming off um, losses, uh, embarrassing losses, to tell you the truth. However, I do think that Tennessee at home um, is in a better spot to have a bounce back and I meant to look up there. You know, I'll do it when you're talking, but Jacksonville's just bad on the road. They're a bad team on the road this year. So overall in two bounce back spots for two teams, I'm going to take the better team to bounce back. Um, and, and I just trust that coaching staff better than I, more than I do the Jacksonville one. Um, but I, I am curious to hear what the numbers have to say in this, because at first glance, this is, this is definitely one where it's just a don't think about it. Grab that, um, grab that number for Jacksonville. But what, what do you got over there? Yep. So Tennessee is 16th in DVOA. Jacksonville's 24th, so they're definitely the better team. One of them is right at average. Another one is obviously below average, bottom third. Now, 
uh, because of the spread or where it's at, it's actually no coal bar powering, so the line is really exactly where it should be. So that's why the line would be in tossing. It should be. That's a good feeling that you had. Uh, I think the same thing. However, everything that I dug into is pretty negative on the Tennessee side. Um, so if you look at all the trends we've been tracking, Tennessee's going to come up on several of them. I'll just tie these together. There's one, two, three, three, four trends that are basically uh, where the spread's at. You know, later in the season, winning team versus losing team. They're all heavily losing trends. Uh, I'm not going to bore everybody with all four of them, but one of them, it's not tied to that. It's a different one that they're on. They actually caught this. It was one of our trends of the week that hit for us earlier in the season, and that's, <coughs> excuse me, 2015 and week 10 and on, home frame was 2-4 and four in division. Previous game, they were a dog of 3-5, to five, lost, and lost straight up. 0-9. Oh, um, is that trend, including already this year we hit Chicago on that trend. So that's one that's not tied to that. And then one more that's not tied to that is uh, right here. So we had Minnesota on this one last week. Minnesota actually did beat this trend. We got three teams on it this week. Tennessee's one of them. But it's, again, kind of sort of the same thing except that Tennessee falls in the second set on this one. So 2015, week 13 and on, home favorite three to five. Winning percentage over 50% versus under 50%, 43 and 65. But the second, or, yeah, sorry, that's the second set, 50%. So four and nine, actually, with that qualification on that, that's what they fall into. And then on top of that, uh, found from 2012 on, weeks 14 or, or later, Home favorite two to four in division, winning team versus losing team again. Two and five ATS, negative 1.79 uh, margin, that's 28.6% to the cover there. And then if the team is less than 40%, the opponent is less than 40%, 0 3 since 2012 in that spot. It's just, it's a weird spot, a short home favorite, and later in the year it goes, it just don't do as well. So that's what's got me leery on the Tennessee side, but overall I do agree with you that it's really not the spot for Jacksonville. It seems like, we talked about it last week, who was going to win the Detroit-Jacksonville game? You know, the wheels might kind of come <coughs> off for the loser. Yeah, Jacksonville got their goddamn doors blown off. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, um, obviously they did not play well, but if you look at their trends for the season now, and this could be facing some regression, regression here, I'm sorry, um, but if you look at their ATS, they're eight and four overall in the year. So they've been money makers for us. But again, they've been undervalued for most of the year. I think they're getting properly valued now, and our numbers do reflect that. So I don't see any value either way on this one personally. Yeah, I'm just going to lean slightly to Tennessee on this one. Uh, Tennessee's lost two in a row. Now they are two Cincinnati and Philly. So, you know, you can excuse that. A little bit, but coming back home, coming off those two losses, playing a much lesser team than the last two opponents, this just feels situationally like a get-right spot for Tennessee, so that's going to be my lean. Yeah, I agree with you there. They lost the two better teams, no shame in that, but they are the better team here. This is division. This <clears throat> this game essentially wraps up the division. I mean, pretty much, if it's not already wrapped yeah. up. Yeah. This, this is the division clincher. Not, I know, mathematically, whatever, but... 
For all intents and purposes, Jacksonville's really the only team showing any kind of fight that could or even would challenge them. So. For all intensive purposes, Herbie Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to those Buffalo Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Nine and a half point consensus home favorites over the New York J E T S Jets Jets Jets. <laughs> yeah, and this is the game I was talking about last week. So let's let's uh, rewind to last week when I. Uh, and I remember doing the podcast saying, wow, this feels like um, I'm saying this a lot this week. Those kind of um, trappy games, the, the the games where it feels like the, the bookies are, um, it, it just feels too easy, I guess is the best way to put it. And those weeks, those games last week was Miami versus San Fran, Tennessee versus um, Philly and the Jets, these Jets against Minnesota. And it... <laughs> I swear to God, and what did I say? The bookies are not your friend. When something smells fishy, it usually fucking is. And in every single one of those games, the favorites covered. Um, so, this one feels a lot the same. Um, nine and a half. That should be a slam dunk. Take the fucking Jets. It feels too easy. Now, with that said, if this gets to ten, I'm probably dumb enough to bite. And, and take that just like just like last week my like you brought it up my only loss in the super contest was Tennessee plus the five that was dumb I should have listened to myself you're taking the bait from the book I took it they got me congratulations so this one feels the same if it gets a 10 I'm probably gonna bite um, at nine and a half I'm gonna have the very slightest lean to Buffalo um, you can tell me what the numbers say I, I can almost before you even say it I can almost guarantee they're probably on the Jets, um, and I don't hate that. So um, it, it just it just feels trappy, is all I'm gonna say. Slightly to the Buffalo Bills in this one under, as long as it stays under ten. What do you got? Yep, numbers agreement to the Jets here, um, and it honestly, you know, usually when it gets this big, it's almost always in agreement with the numbers because the dogs, you know, generally perform decently well. However, this year that has not been the case, as we've seen lots of these big. You know, spreads, you've been kind of really shocked that it wasn't an agreement. However, if you look at the Jets overall, Buffalo's the number one team in DBOA. I don't think there's much debating that. Um, I'm talking about strength of schedule, whatever, that's fine. But it does take that into account. Um, but the Jets are ninth, man. And we talked about that last week. I brought it up uh, against Minnesota. And that didn't look good for them early, but if Dickhead doesn't drop a touchdown, they cover... They, <laughs> They probably they might win the game. Now maybe they don't. Cousins got time. He's got he maybe could take take him down there, kick the field goal. Sure, yeah, I'm sure they would have. But they do cover. Uh, and the, sure. the ball was right in his hands, right like literally right in his fucking hands. Mm-hmm. Literally drops it like they were that close. But you know when you're road dogs like that, you can't drop touchdowns. You just can't do shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, so now with nine and a half, you got a little bit more margin per error. Exactly. Uh, yep. On that part of it, but I don't feel bad on taking New York because, again, with terrible, terrible, terrible quarterback play for all year long, they're still the ninth best team in DVOA. I'm gonna go over the other teams: Buffalo, Dallas, Philadelphia, Baltimore, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Miami. Yeah. That's that's the teams ahead of them. So compare those teams' quarterback play. 
to what they've had, and they're right there at night. So, ahead of Seattle, who Geno Smith's been playing his goddamn balls off all season. So, they are a really good team, man, and they're hard fucking out. And I found something that I really liked um, for the Jets here. So, since 2012, week 14 on, home favorites 8-10 with a 70% or better winning percentage. 12-2, 12, sorry, 12-22 ATS, 35.3% covering. Now, 25-9 and nine straight up. But if you put your opponents above 50% winning percentage on top of that, 6-12 ATS with a negative 3.94 ATS margin. So all that is good for the Jets. And then their last matchup, you know, they held Josh Allen's under 300 yards passing, which is pretty damn hard to do. Uh, if you look at the way Vegas has upgraded them, uh, Buffalo was 10.5 point. Favorites on the road, now only 9.5 at home. So obviously, the market is respecting the Jets. They're not. This is not disrespect at all. Because uh, that should have been 14. If you give Buffalo 2 at home, that should have been four, this should be a 14.5 point spread. If it was the same as it was earlier in the year. So huge, huge yeah. fucking upgrades to the Jets. Huge respect. Now, the one thing that I found that's really makes me fucking not like the Jets is this right here and it's it's a little bit involved but I've just tried to see what these teams are doing kind of where they're coming off of and historically what happened so since 1989 which is the, all the data we have week 14 and on in the previous matchup between the same two teams if you're a favorite by 10 or more and in the current matchup you're a home favorite between 8 and 10 8-0 ATS with a 7.56 ATS margin. So they win, they cover, and they beat the shit out of these teams. 7.56 with an average line of 9.1. So they're winning these games by 16 points <clears throat> on average. So I think that is where your insight into feeling trappy, I, I think that leads a lot of credence to it. Obviously, it's never been beat in this situation since, not, or since 1989 it hasn't. Mm-hmm. So I hope that I hope that we cover. I hope that we do. But at, at the same time, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, yeah, and I, I'm scared. And I, I like that <laughs> that point that it's you have much more leadway at nine and a half than those games I talked about last week. Those three games, those spreads were three, four, and five respectively. Um, so yeah, at nine and a half, you have much more backdoor opportunity. And uh, as far as the I think I heard PFF guys talking about it that if you take just if you take Garrett Wilson and his stats just when he's had Flacco, basically if you take out Zach Wilson, sorry ass, if you take him out and extrapolate <laughs> extrapolate his numbers over the course of the season, his numbers would actually be better than Jamar Chase's numbers as a rookie when he won one rookie of the year. So this is not a this is not a poor Jets team that that's just going to try to barely scrap out uh, a win with their defense. Like when they have a real, you know, well, when they have not Zach Wilson, they can move the ball. They They've have shown a functioning they can, NFL quarterback. Yes, a hundred percent. So, so yeah, I again, I'll t- I'll probably take the bait. And you said it's agreement, so I'll definitely take the bait. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel trapping. Yeah, that one trend that I found, I was like, God damn it, I wish I wouldn't have found that. But other than that, uh, I do agree with you, it does feel trappy. But, like you said, the Jets have a, they've got a real defense. they got, I mean, probably the rookie of the year. And their secondary, 
They can move the ball. They can score the ball. You know, I'm, and they're and they're not scared of Buffalo. They're not scared of Buffalo. They've they've covered on no. them. the last two games they've played. They've, they've covered against Buffalo. They're not scared. Let's get it. All right, moving on. Those Baltimore Ravens coming to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Not this no. year, but they are two and a half point home favorites. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and hit that sounder on this game. This one feels like a game that the line is overreacting to the loss of Lamar and just just in my opinion of watching Lamar lately not not MVP Lamar but Lamar lately in this current roster and this current offense I don't know that you're getting a whole big difference um, between him and what the backup quarterback who runs the same type of offense and and style is so I think it's an overreaction. I think that the um, you know historically we love Tomlin as a dog, not as a favorite. Um, so and and I've been saying well we've been saying for years in this division, specifically in this matchup, if you get to three, which it's not at, I, I know it's not there, but if you get to three, this is just and above, that's just a smash ball. You take you take the points in this matchup. Now as it is as it sits, tease up. Tease up Baltimore at from two and a half to eight and a half. Take the two and a half. I'm I'm fine taking two and a half. I and I think they're actually going to win this game. So um, I think it's overreaction. I think you're getting value on the number because of the reaction to Lamar. But you can tell me what the uh, numbers say over there. Yeah, I cannot agree with you anymore on this game. I love, love, love Baltimore here. Oh, we got a trend on Pittsburgh, just to start real quick. So, home favorites. Week 9 and on home favorites in division, uh, less than 50% versus a team that's over 60%, 10 and 15. And we've already hit on that uh, once with Arizona this year. But inside of that, the numbers are in agreement to Baltimore. Look, Pittsburgh is the 18th team in DVOA. Baltimore's fourth. Pittsburgh is the third worst team in our power ranks. I have no fucking clue how they won five games. It's beyond me. I have no idea. They're five and seven with a 64, 64 point uh, point differential. The Browns are five and seven with a negative ten point point differential. Hmm. So if they didn't wear black and fucking gold, they'd be getting laughed at. It's only because their uniform and their name that they're not a laughing stock. And again, I have no idea how they won five games. Now, Pickett isn't awful for a rookie, but he's still awful for an NFL quarterback. He's 24th in QBR, 23rd in EPA plus CPOE. Now, Huntley's not great, but his QBR in his first four starts last year was a 49, which is better than Pickett. And last week in relief of Lamar, he put up a QBR of 74. He led them on the game-winning drive. Lamar's QBR for the year year this year is only 59. So, again, to your point, I don't know. Over the course of a whole season, a career, yes, of course, Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback. This is well, one week. and a lot game. of that, a lot of that was early season. Lamar was balling late, like the last four, five, six games. <laughs> I bet it ain't fifty nine or whatever you just said. No, it's been falling like a stone, um, and he was in the early MVP uh, talks. If you remember, yeah. the first few weeks of the season, yep. when they put up like forty points, but basically the first they- two weeks of the season. When they lost Bateman, it's like he was exclusively going to Mark Andrews, who Mark Andrews is fucking amazing and badass. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, and but now he's hobbled. Bateman's still out. Like their their offense is fucking crippled. Um, 
but we know that going in. So, you know, like it's right. So now you're getting an extra value because Lamar's out when you really shouldn't be. Absolutely. And then <clears throat> since 2015, home favorites weeks two to four in home favorites of two to four in division, less than 50% winning percentage, and are away dogs in the next game against the same opponents. So if you look the look ahead line, Against Pittsburgh or against Baltimore in Baltimore, they are going to be the road dog, no matter who's starting quarterback. Seven to fifteen ATS with a negative four point oh nine ATS margin, thirty one percent covering, and these games are going to the under the nine and thirteen clip. So yeah, give me Baltimore, give me the under, give me Huntley in an ugly game to pull some shit out of his ass as he does tend to do. Um, and they're you know this is going to be more of the classic Baltimore <laughs> offense with Lamar as it was. It'll be a lot more quarterback runs, um, which they've had great success against Pittsburgh. With that, he's younger than Lamar. He's faster than Lamar. He's not as beat up as Lamar. So, And he did complete like, I don't know, like 80% of his passes last week. I think he had, fuck, what do you have, like four incompletions? Yeah, he's just, he, he is what he is at this point. He, um, just one quick note. This is a... Uh, this stands out like a red flag. I never see this, and I didn't see this until just now. Um, usually, usually, the ticket splits with the cash split on over unders is almost is almost the same both ways. You don't see this pros versus Joe's ticket versus cash splits on the over unders like you do on the sides. This is I've never seen this. The unders are getting seventy percent of the tickets. But the overs getting sixty percent of the cash. I've never seen that. So take that for what you for what it's worth. Do what you want with it. But it looks like the pro money is on the over, and the uh, tickets are on the uh, under. So just just something I saw that I just wanted to bring up. Well, I think that a lot of the money came in on the under at first, but now there's buyback happening because it opened at thirty eight. It's a 36 and a half consensus, but now I see it at 37 and going back to 37 and a half. So you're getting pro money. They probably come in and bought it down at 38, and now they're buying back. Now it's at 36 and a half. Can't really blame them there. The fucking over under for Army Navy is fucking 33 and a half. So good well, God. I'm sure it's not the lowest one on the book. No, well, maybe it is. It looks like it is. It almost has to be this one. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, I would never rec- recommend playing over under 36 and a half, but if it gets all the way back to that 38, I promise oh, you the people that bet it down from 38 to 36 and a half are not public. That was pro money coming in. They just stopped at some point, and now they're buying back the other way. All right. All right, moving on. We're going to New York where those football giants are hosting those goddamn dirty Philadelphia Eagles. Six and a half point consensus home dogs. Oh, yeah, contest it is at seven. Just... Okay, okay, yeah, and hey, look, say what you want, people. You can like it if you if you uh, do, and, and not if you don't. I really don't give a shit. But this is the Danger Zone game of the week. Definitely, definitely looking at the pros-Joes split here on this game. Um, everyone's going to be on Philly. I get it. And they dominated a really good Tennessee team last week. We talked about that some. Um, and it does not get any more disgusting and 
throw up in your mouthy than taking a team coming off a fucking tie. Like, what do you even do with that? I don't know. It's it. What do you do with your hands when you tie? I don't. What do you even do? You just you just walk around like I don't know. Do we go shake hands? Do we just walk to the locker room? It's a weird feeling. So like, all the good vibes are going to be with Philly. All the weird vibes are going to be with New York. And pe- honestly, people have been ready to jump off New York for quite some time now, um, and that's fine because that's when you get value. So, give me the New York Giants plus seven at home here in the divisional game. Um, I hope that Philly's feeling real good about themselves coming off that um, coming off that uh, big win against Tennessee. Ninety-one percent of the cash is coming in on the Giants. Ninety-one percent. So um, I'm gonna be on the Giants here. I may regret it after Philly fucking beats their doors off forty to ten, but um, that's gonna be my lean. What do you got? Yeah, I like that too because. To be honest, uh, earlier in the year, you know, we were against the Giants a lot, but the whole Sharp community hated the Giants. Hate, 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 hate. They were so fucking, getting so overrated, so lucky, covering spreads they shouldn't have been covering, blah, blah, blah. But, you know what? It's starting to turn the other way, and that's, like you said, when the market zags, you got to zig. Um, <coughs> now, see, it, it's seven... And a lot of books, that's def- that number is definitely still out there. Like I said, it is seven in the Super Contest. The numbers are split on this one. However, the power rankings do agree with you. On the Giants, the power rankings overall last week went eight and six. They continue to just crush and crush it. I think there's seven games over 500 for the year. Just every game that's gradable. So that's pretty fucking incredible in and of itself. Now, the Giants are a four-point-plus dog. That's been a really good trend this year, however... That has been fading fast of the last few weeks. They're now 57-35, and 2-5 last week. Remember, it had a bad week the week before. So, like all kind of ebbs and flows in the NFL season, you know, the shit keeps moving, so you got to pay attention to what's hot and what's not. So that's definitely not hot right now. And then inside of that, uh, since 2012, week 14 and on, away favorites, 6-10 in division, 26 and 17, 60.5% uh, with a 4.05 ATS margin covering. Now, if you add on to there that they're versus playing a winning team, they go to 6 and 2 ATS. So that's 75% with a plus 8.19 ATS margin. So that trend definitely does not agree with you historically on that. Uh, me personally, the only way I could lean on this one it would be the Giants and the points. Uh, I don't like Danny Nichols at home. He turns from Danny Dimes to Danny Nichols, as we've seen. But this Giants team is a better team than the teams we've seen in the past. They're, I mean, obviously not anywhere near where Philly is. Philly's uh, at three in DVOA, and Giants are twenty-first. But here's what I will say: inside those that trend I gave you. If you want to, as my buddy always loves to preach the teaser, if you want to tease Philadelphia down the sixth, the teasers in this spot have hit at 79%. So that is above the threshold that you want to hit at. So really, really great uh, spot for a teaser here historically. And these mm-hmm. teams inside this trend, 7-1 and one straight up. So um, I, like, I like Philly to win. I would definitely lean the Giants to cover, but... That tremor would disagree with us, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on. 
Those Cincinnati Bengals. Woo, they're hot. I mean, they're fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Six and a half point home favorites versus the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and I'm actually glad that they're super hot right now coming in because you, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know how I do this. I'm a situational guy. I'm I'm week to week guy. My numbers buddy over there is going to tell you what the numbers say. I'm here to tell you <clears throat> about how situationally these things go. So Burrow has never beaten Cleveland. This is a matchup play. I'm not going to be able to number whip you and tell you why Cleveland is a uh, a good matchup against Cincy. I don't know. Maybe they just maybe it's the in in state rivalry rivalry. I don't know. But it's too much last orange. Time, it's too much yeah, orange a lot of field. orange. And the last time these two teams played, it was a Monday night game. I hit the fucking sounder on it. I think Cleveland was a was a plus three and a half um, dog in Cincy, or excuse me, in Cleveland. Wait a minute. Have this, let me see if I got this right. This one is in Cincy. So yeah, it was yeah. there. There were three and a half point dogs. I hit the sounder. They won outright on Monday night. No difference here. I'm not going to hit the sounder, obviously, because this one's in Cincy. <clears throat> um, and actually, I'm not going to use it as a danger zone because I'd use it for a different game. But it's definitely danger zone game worthy. It's just a matchup play. Give me the points. Give me Cleveland. I know, you know, Watson was god awful last week. I don't know. Maybe he's, I mean, can you beat god awful again? I don't. It's possible, sure, but um, historically, situationally, yeah, give me Cleveland. All right. Um, Cincinnati, like I said before, sixth in DVOA overall. Cleveland's 14th, so better than the average team. And again, that's what Jacoby Brissett is a quarterback, which we've said many times on here as the many games we've taken Cleveland. Jacoby Brissett was not their problem. Uh, he actually played pretty good, so can't definitely cannot blame it on them, or on him, sorry. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is a 50-50 team. ATS in the season, 6-6. Six and six. Cincy. Where the fuck are they at? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, sure. They're going to be on there somewhere. Yeah, I'll find it in a second. Uh, either way, so, again, Cleveland Dogs are four or more. Uh, again, take that with a grain of salt at this point. But a couple of com- – the sorry, the – Power rankings are no call on this. The line is exactly where our number said it should be. All the algorithms are split, and so are these trends. So since 1989, week 14 on, home favorites four to six and a half in division. And they were previously a home dog, and they won straight up four and one ATS with a 4.80 ATS margin. That's a lot of games whittled down to a little sample size. But on the Cleveland side, since 2012, home favorites in division. Coming off four straight ATS wins. Cincy, four straight ATS wins. 12 and 19 ATS, 38.7%. And if you pull that down to the line between six and seven, that's three and five ATS, 37.5%. But they are seven and one straight up. So uh, probably a good call not to do the big dick pick here. But I think that... Like you said, Cleveland is. I think as long as Cleveland is just Jacoby Brissett level, there's no reason why yeah. they can't go play with this team. Yeah, and I just I wonder, you know, even though Watson played like shit, and the the team basically as a whole, you know, I mean, they, I think they scored three points offensively. If they had actually lost that game against Houston, which I know that they ended up winning pretty big, but 
you watch that game, you know it was a bunch of fluke shit. Like if they'd actually, if the scoreboard would have reflected the way Watson played, you're getting probably seven, seven, maybe seven and a half here if they lost that game. Um, so that does suck that you're losing a little value there because they actually won that game and kind of by a, a margin. So, um, but anything over six, yeah, I'll take it. Get, give me those brownies. Back to Cincy, they are actually tied for first. That's why I couldn't. I thought they were more in the middle of the pack. Tied for first, nine and three, ATS in the season. In fact, wow. boys and girls, Joe Burrow. <clears throat> I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think he's like seventy percent covering for his entire fucking career so far, and yet has never beaten the Browns. Never beaten the Browns. So come on. <laughs> All right, moving on. The Detroit Lions, two and a half points. Home favorites over the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yes, and they are uh, minus two and a half. But what did they open this week at, Bo Cephas? Do you have that? Plus two and a half. That, sir, is what you call value at the open and no longer value, at least in my opinion. Um, I, can't, I can't recommend taking... Detroit when a line has swung like that um, and I know look I know that everybody everybody hates the Vikings and they're they're not the team that everybody wants them to be based on their record and I and I get all that and analytics people hate them because they're just their records way better than their, than their analytics showed that they should be and now Detroit is everybody's darling I get all that too but this is just too much this has flipped too fucking much and at two and a half i'm teasing up minnesota big time uh, i hope it keeps going i hope that this madness keeps going and it gets to three because then i will pull the trigger on minnesota um so let's just wait and see how crazy people are going to get on detroit here i don't um you know at plus two and a half and all the way to you know basically detroit minus one okay i'm with you that's detroit value when it gets up to plus two and higher on Minnesota, yeah, give me the Vikings. What do you got? All right, well, the numbers are split on this one. The power ranking does like Minnesota, so it's definitely with you on that. If you look mm-hmm. overall, Detroit is 13th in DBOA. Minnesota is 20th. So, but again, they only have one loss. They only got one loss. Uh, they have one or two? Maybe two. I can't remember. Hold on. I got it. Yeah, 10 and 2. 10 and 2. 10 and fucking 2. Mm. Mm-mm. Woo! But, guess what you do have in this game? You got noon time cousins, <laughs> baby. Noon if it, time If it was always cousins. that easy, man. It almost is. He's like it 65% against the spread at noon. So, oh, no. it really almost is. You either, you either play on him or you just don't go against him. It actually is that easy and you just win. 65% of the time. It is actually that fucking easy. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, but, inside of that 2012 and on home favorites in division that have four straight, I've said this before, ATS wins. It's our second team. It's Detroit. 12-19 ATS. 38.7% against the spread. Minus 2.42. But, one more add-on to Detroit, since they are less than 50 winning, 50% winning percentage on the season. Those teams are 0-4 ATS. They've never covered. 
five, never covered or won. Oh, four straight up, obviously they're the favorite. Minus 5.62 ATS. So, yeah, I can't do anything but take the Vikings. And it's one of those games, and we've said it several times this year, it was, uh, what was the Cowboys versus uh, Green Bay, right? No reason for Green Bay to win that game. Green Bay is not a good team. Cowboys are obviously a great team. We said, this is just a game the Cowboys lose. This is a game the Cowboys lose. I've said it a couple different times on the Raiders this year. It's just a game they win. It's just a game. This is just not a game. Like, Detroit's going to have to, you've said it. They're, they're going to they're gonna have, they're gonna have, I'm going to pay to see it. I'm going to pay to see if Detroit can actually step up and win this game. Because if they lose this game and Green Bay keeps eking out fucking wins, you know, they're going to they're gonna lose that second place spot and Minnesota's just going to go clinch the division, which, they're, I mean, they're going to win the yeah, division that, anyway. But they already, yeah. It's, it's for bragging rights, basically. Well, Detroit's still fighting for a playoff spot. And then the NFC sucks overall. Oh yeah, if, if anybody can, if it, the whole NFC East looks like it's going to go to the playoffs, but yeah, there's there's other, I guess no, actually, if they all go, there are no other uh, spots besides. Yeah, they the, all go, but they <laughs> all have to play each other. They uh, yeah, the the Giants have to play the Eagles twice. The Redskins and the Giants still have to play each other again. The Redskins, and the Cowboys still have to play each other again. So a lot of infighting going to go on there. It's going to knock somebody out of that fucking race. Somebody's going to slip in this motherfucker. But again, this this is the moment. For the kneecapper, if he's real, this is a measuring stick game. You've got the better team. On paper, analytically, you have the better football team. It's mm. not the better record, but you got the better team. You're at home, and you're favored. Vegas Did you is telling say that? Me, what was the power rankings? Did you go over that? Yeah, Detroit, Detroit's 13th in DVOA, and Minnesota's 20th. Okay, and just to, just to bounce that off of PFFs, it, well, we've, we've talked about this in the past. They're way high on uh, Minnesota. So, yeah, it's definitely different for on PFF, but that's yeah, interesting. The, the analytic community hates. We hate Minnesota. We've hated Minnesota yeah. the whole year. But they just keep on fucking winning. But, again, you, you've got the better team. You're at home. This is a measuring stick game. This this is the point of your program. Like, how far have you? They've come a long fucking way, and kudos to them, and kudos to him. He's done a hell of a job. Uh, no more, you know, Kneecapping jokes or whatever. This dude's he he's done a badass job with that shit fucking poverty franchise. But this is the spot. Can they fucking keep this ball rolling again? Four straight ATS wins. It is hard to get to five in a row. And again, I've been saying this for a couple weeks in a row. If you got to check opening lines Sunday night, Monday morning. If you if you're checking them, you could have teased up Detroit to plus eight. You could now you could tease up Minnesota to plus eight, plus eight and a half, like that. These are things you got to be on, um, you know, and, and be aware of. Um, so yeah, just I at two, two and a half for Detroit plus. Yeah, I love it at this situation minus. No, this does not. It just feels wrong. So again, like you said, I'll pay to let Detroit prove to me that this is one they can go and win. Speaking of that, on the teaser inside of that trend, I gave six and two on the plus six teaser for the dog uh, historically. So great fucking spot to tease in this situation. All right, All right moving on. Those Dallas Cowboys. They're at home. They're playing something called the fucking Houston Texans, and mm. they're minus a million. Yeah. Well, I refuse to lose another dollar to this 
this uh, Houston team. I know you refuse to even grade them, so this is going to be a time saver. The players suck. The coaches suck. Can't beat them. Can't play them. Can't win with them. <laughs> Cannot do it. <laughs> yep, the only thing I got to say is since 2012, home favorites of more or, or 14 and a half or more. Period. Week 14 and on. 14 and 4 ATS. 77.8% of the time they cover, and they cover by plus 5 to 8 margin, which means they are literally about to kick the shit out of these people. This is the big. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's when lay his big dick on their fucking yeah. forehead. That's what that game is. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Those Kansas City Chiefs. They are nine and a half point road favorites against those Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. Come on. If you've been listening to this podcast for years, you know this is the spot for Denver. We all know it. You just gotta hold your nose and do it. We got a gift last week with Baltimore barely sneaking out that win against Denver. Uh, and the reason I say that is because Denver's still losing. So right now you're getting that public perspective uh, on Denver. They still hate Denver. Denver still sucks on offense. We know that. I'm glad that they lost that game because now in this week at home, I get a division rival. We get this huge fucking number. Um, yeah, of course. I'm going to be all over it. I feel like it's good value. You can tell me what the numbers say. Um, This just feels like one of those Kansas City, get in there, do your job, get the win, and get the fuck out of town uh, with a, you know, something like a 21 to 13, you know, 19 because of so many field goals, 19 to to 13 type win. Like, it's just going to be ugly. Kansas City just wants the win. Um... Division dog, huge number, great Denver defense, you know it. Denver's aside. Yep, the numbers agree with you, and I actually did some digging because I talked a lot of shit about Kansas City against the spread last week. So, I wanted to back it up with a little research. So, since 2020, that's, you know, after their Mahomes burst on the scene, they're blitzkrieging everybody. So, since 2020, all games, 22 and 29 ATS, they're... 5 and 10 ATS in division since 2020 and 5 and 9 as division favorites since 2020. So that and that and that's with them being uh 13 and 4 as away favorites against other teams. So they don't do well in this spot. They don't do well against division. If you remember last year, they were 11 and a half point favorites in Denver. They won 28 to 24 and again it was a lot, I think it was last a week of the season, and they had to play. Mahomes did play the whole game. Uh, they were fighting, I believe, with Denver for the the home field spot. Mahomes played well. They won 28-24. to 24. He had 270 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. Drew Locke played fucking awful. Shocker. 12 for 24 for 162 yards and no touchdowns. So surely Russell Wilson can reproduce that. And they still only beat them by four points. So, yeah, I love Denver here. And then if you look at uh, home dogs since 2015, week 14 and on, home dogs 9-11 in division with a losing record, 5-3 ATS plus 5.31. And that's including that game, obviously, last year. And that goes 2-6 to the under as well on that. So, uh, and then if you look at the... Well, you wouldn't want to tease Kansas City down here anyway. So no. Uh, and the 
Yeah, never mind. None of the teasers are any good here. So, um, yeah, but with that trend in the division, and that and that's within within a division, it's five and five overall. But when you throw in the fact that the other team is a losing team, it makes it to five and three. And again, Denver's already covered in this exact same spot a year ago against the exact same team. Mm-hmm. I know fucking Russell Wilson sucks, but he's goddamn he's better than fucking Drew Locke, who threw for 162 yards on 50% fucking completions and no touchdowns. They they got to go fucking cover this game. The only way we lose this, the only way we lose this game, I swear to God, is if that dumbass fucking Denver coach just pulls a fucking dumbass bonehead move that he's done several times this year. So it it could be a late game situation that he fucks us right in the ass. But that's that's the only way I really see that going down. If if they pull the bullshit that the Rams pulled and go for it on their own twenty when they're down by fourteen with like three I mean, minutes left. I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to that. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully not. All right, we're moving on. Those Seattle Seahawks. Consensus up to four now. Uh, Point home favorites over those Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I I had a lean to Seattle. I um, the the number is is I had written up you know at three and a half. It's three and a half in the contest, and it's three and a half in several books. Okay. Still too, yeah. So. so, so to me, it just looks like that dangle. It looks like it looks like that typical bookie dangle three and a half to entice some underdog money. But I've got to lean to Seattle here. You got Darnold on the road on the road in a hostile environment in Seattle, a team that has his has its sights on that division title. Now that San Fran is down their quarterback, they're only one game back from them. Like, yeah, this everything points to Seattle. The dangle. Of three and a half to open, just everything points to Seattle for me. I'm gonna lean that way. Yeah, I have no fucking clue um, how this. I mean, I, the numbers are split. Uh, Seattle is the favorite by our power rankings that it did great out for Seattle. I know. I guess while Seattle got downgraded a little bit in one of our algorithms, um, they don't perform well in one particular area. However, overall, they are the tenth best team in DVOA, and Carolina's fucking twenty eight. They suck Darnold. a big bag of fucking dicks. Darnold sucks on the road. Darnold sucks on the road. Seattle's great at home. And then I've got this trend. And this, boys and girls, is going to be the trend of the week. Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right, since 2012, three straight ATS wins versus three straight ATS losses. So Carolina has won three straight against the spread. Seattle lost three straight against the spread. Carolina, the team on that side in this situation, 17 and 32 ATS, 34.7%. And if you add in the fact that they are a losing team, less than 50% winning percentage, 4 and 10, 28.6% of the time is all that they cover. So yeah, give me Seattle. Go do what they should have done last week and fucking cover. That was one of my super contest losses. They fucking played around and played around and dicked around and finally won the game, mm-hmm. but they had plenty of chances to blow the doors off that just didn't do it. I think they do get it done here. Carolina absolutely cannot score the football. And everybody's like, oh, their defense is pretty good. It's 21st in DVOA. Their defense fucking sucks. And, and Seattle's offense is awesome. So go fuck It's a lot Seahawks. better. It's a lot better at home. On the road, Carolina's 0-5. They're terrible. Perfect. All right, moving on. Little San Francisco. <clears throat> No more Jimmy G string. 49ers. Still three and a half point. Home favorites versus the top of Brady. 
Buccaneers. Yeah, this is an emotional play for me. I'm just, you know, that that three and a half. It feels it again does feel like a dangle, but then you got the the quarterback situation with San Fran, so I don't know if it completely feels. It almost feels like the the book's not exactly sure what to do with this one. If I was being honest, but like I said, this is an emotional play. Fuck Tampa. They're not. There's Tampa is not fucking good. They have a they have a Hall of Fame quarterback, and right now a roster that I just do not like at all. Um, even though they have really good players at certain spots that I like a lot, but it's just not working this year uh, uh, very well. Um, now, on the other side, San Francisco's got a Hall of Fame roster and an unknown at quarterback. So you got this this weird, you know, like like tug of war that's going on here. Um, I'm going to just lean to San Fran to finish the job that New Orleans was doing last week for about 55 minutes. I mean, they, New Orleans completely dominated this shitty Tampa Bay team in their own house. And somehow, because they got the GOAT, Tampa came away with that win. Going on the road now. Uh, now, situationally, uh, Tom, he's from this area. So you might get a, you know, basically what I'm saying is I have no feel for this game. It's an emotional play, so I'm going to lean to San Fran because, yeah, Tampa should have lost that game last week. I'm a little, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little scarred <laughs> right now. I'm gonna admit it. All right. Well, the numbers agree with you on San Fran uh, being the favorite here. Now, if you look at where the power rankings had this game, basically it should have been San Fran minus seven. So three and a half point downgrade from the market from Jimmy G to Mr. Brocktober. If you don't know who Brock Purdy is, he's a guy that won us a lot of goddamn money in the month of October when he played for Iowa State. That's why that. That month will forever be known as Brocktober. Very well, clever. It's December now. Yeah, I didn't. I can't take credit for that. But anyway, it's December now, so I don't know how well that part holds up. But I will. I do know this: Tampa Bay is on a trend that we had last week, and we had four teams in this trend last week, and three out of four it won on. And it's the net's a fading trend. So since 2012, and a team has a turnover margin. Average of exactly zero, 213 and 249 ATS. Last week, we had Washington, Miami, Detroit, and Chicago. Obviously, only Detroit covered on that fading trend. So, three out of four on the trend. Tampa Bay is on that this week. So, that is good for us. Um, And then there's this, 2012 and on. Three straight against the spread wins versus two straight against the spread losses. And your home favorite with a winning percentage of over 60%, 22 and 12, 64%, 64.7%, covering that in 30 and 5 straight up going towards San Francisco. Now, the one negative that I have is when Tom Brady is a dog or a favorite of less than two and a half, he's 40 and 18 all time. So, now, this isn't the time that we've Pretty known good. of all time, and this isn't the Patriots, and this isn't any of that, and this team does suck a big bag of balls. But they can play pretty good defense, but San Francisco's defense is much, much better, and I think overall there's there's really no other way to play it. Look at San Fran, number five overall in DVOA. Tampa Bay has fallen down. They're number 11 now. 
And really, that defense is the only thing keeping them afloat. Their offense is right at 16, so average. So, average offenses do not do well against the San Francisco defense. San Francisco's they they don't score the ball a lot anyway. Even with Jimmy G, it's really not what they try to do. They just kind of grind this game out. I, I just don't know how Tampa's going to score. I really don't know how Tampa's going to score on the defense. I really no, don't. I, no I just, either. And unless Brock Purdy goes out there and. Plays like the Mr. Irrelevant that he is. Um, yeah, I love San Francisco here. I really do. All right. All right, moving on. What do we got? Oh, those Miami Dolphins. Three and a half point. Consensus. Road favorites against your Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, uh, these Miami Dolphin road favorites getting all the tickets and all the money. What could possibly go wrong with that? I mean, because that's what always happens. The team getting all the tickets and all the money. They're, those favorites always win. Never in the NFL. Yeah, I got to lean to the LA Chargers here. Um, they're both coming off embarrassing losses, so there's clearly no situational boost for either one. Um, Waddle, little hobbled in that game last week. We know that this entire year, the strength of Miami is that both of those fantastic receivers running wide open um, and creating that space and separation for Tua to um, to hit those targets. Now, this is not the San Francisco defense um, that Tua had to play last week, so he will score a lot of points, and this will be a much better offensive output than he than they had last week as a team. However. I'm going to take the bait. I'm going to take those points. I know there's no real home field advantage for the Chargers. That's fine. But just situationally, all that money and all those tickets going one way, I'm going to lean to the other and be on the other side um, against all that action. So what are the numbers say? All right. This is another no call by our power rankings. So we're right on where the market is at. Uh, got a lot of different trends on this one. Uh, we've been pulling all year, so Chargers on this one's a fading trend. Uh, week nine and on home dogs, two to four with a fifty percent winning percentage versus a winning team, 15, 25, and five. Uh, Atlanta, we've already hit that on on that fading trend, and then Miami, we got on. One second. So Miami, we had we won on this with Cleveland. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Week 2015, week 10 and on, away favorites of less less than or five points. So five points or less, away favorites, 86 and 54 overall. We got Miami on that one and, <coughs> excuse me, New England to come. And then inside of that, 2012, week 14 and on, away favorites, two and a half to four. 59 and 41, 59% with a plus one six ATS margins. Not real strong there. 71 and 32 straight up. Very strong there. However, inside of that, if the previous game you were a road dog and you lost ATS, eight and three ATS, 72.7%, you cover the next game. Round about the same margin. And then <clears throat> if you add in uh, uh, the. Mm, sorry, I don't know what I meant by that. Anyway, eight and three <laughs> ATS uh, words. Seven, yeah, seventy-two point seventy-two point seven percent. 
1.5 or 1.45 margin on that one for Miami. So definitely all the trends are going Miami. Miami is the number eight team in DVOA. The Chargers 26. Chargers are a bad football team. Uh, I've said it and I've said it and I've said it. They're a bad, bad, bad football team. Herbert is going backwards. Last year, QBR 70.9. This year, 56.6. I know he's had a lot of receivers hurt, but and no line. Yeah, but he's had those guys or at least uh, one of them back now for a little bit. They're still not doing any better. Um, I can't love Miami here, but I definitely can't love the Chargers either. I feel like though this is one. This is gonna be one of those contest lines, and the contest is right at three. Hmm. This is gonna be one of those ones where. People, people are going to pick a side, and I think it's probably going to be about 50-50, and we'll see which which part is right. But, again, um, almost all the trends go to Miami. Well, yeah, all the trends go to Miami. There's no call by our power rankings. I don't see any value here, and at three points, I don't really love it either way. I just And Miami did, just for what it's worth, Miami did stay on the West Coast. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. they they don't have the travel situation. The teams are figuring that out finally, um, but they're a young team. They got a rookie head coach. He's never been in this situation. We'll see how they handle it. And you know, Tua, like you said, he had his he had his really his worst game in the season last week. He played a real defense, but again, like you said, the Chargers definitely not a real defense. They suck a big bag of balls. So we'll yeah. see, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, Herbert can win any game and lose any game. He's just that kind of quarterback. So. It, it, it really he's such a wild card at this point and I really hate that because when you're as talented as him you should be able to it's, it's one of those things maddening as a fucking handicapper because we should be able to like pinpoint a spot where he's going to be bad and then all the rest of the time he's just going to be good you know what I mean like here's where he's bad every other time he's good so here's the fade spot perfect the rest of the time you either bet on him or stay out of his way but he's, he's just not there man yeah, it's not going to happen until he gets, uh, until there's settled at his coaching position. That's, he's, I mean, this is his second coach. Now, obviously, next year, we all think that this one's going to be fired. He'll be on his third coach. Until that gets settled, you're, you're, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be a little up and down. Sounds like a quarterback that gets a lot of coaches fired. I don't know. Yeah. All right, moving on. Monday night football. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, those New England Patriots. They are road one-and-a-half-point consensus favorites versus those fighting midgets down in Arizona. What's the line? One-and-a-half. Yeah. Uh, these two teams are they're, they're my kryptonite. Arizona is always my kryptonite. You can forget about it. I never, I can never get a feel for that team. And this year, New England's giving me, giving me troubles. Um uh, Situationally, one and a half. Fuck it. Tease them up to seven and a half at home. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be my only recommendation. You, I'll let you take the numbers on this one and save some time and just tell people where to um, where to put their money based on what the numbers say. Man, I tell you what, you got to be like the sharpest fucking dude I know on these teasers, and I'll tell you why in just a second. So numbers are split on this one. Power reckon agrees with New England um, as far as who. Do- bet on. But again, the numbers are split. If you look overall, New England's 12 in DVOA, Arizona. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. 30th. 30th. <laughs> so, I got basically almost a top 10 team versus one of the three worst teams in all of the NFL, and I'm only laying yeah. a point and a half. 
Sounds pretty simple, uh, but I went and dug in anyway on some narratives that have been building about Arizona and Coach Bro and blah, 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 blah. So, uh, first of all, Arizona home dog after a bye, 18 and 18. That's a coin flip right there. Gives you no info, just putting it out there. Coach Bro, week 13 and on, and this has been since he's been in Arizona, 6 and 11 ATS and 6 and 11 straight up. 17 to the under. When he was a home dog, week 13 and on in his career, 1 and 3 ATS, minus 4.38 ATS margin. Now, the Pats, on the other side of that, since uh, Tommy Boy's been going, Week 13 and on, so since 2020, 4-8 ATS, and 4-8 ATS are straight up, so not good. As a way favorite, they've only been that one time, 0-1. So Bill's not been able to conjure the old magic there uh, <laughs> since Tommy Boy left. Uh, and then 2012 and on, week 14 and on, uh, home dogs 1-3 with a less than 40% versus a 50-50 team, 3-2 ATS, plus 2.6 margin. That's not a lot of sample size to go on there. But 1-4 to the under, so we do have a reoccurring theme there to the under on the entire uh, bit of those trends. But here's why I said my buddy's so sharp on those fucking teasers. Inside those trends, this matchup has happened five times, plus six teaser, five, and motherfucking O, oh, baby. Has never yeah. lost. So I would recommend teasing the cards that has 100% historical win probability. What to, could go wrong? With Philly, it has a 79% uh, probability teasing them down when we gave up that uh, handicap. No, and that would be I like my, it. That would be my recommendation for a teaser um, two-teamer, anyway. Uh, and then overall in the game, to go along with those trends and a little bit support Arizona, Belichick does struggle with running quarterbacks. I mean, he's faced uh, the midget one time. It was oh, midget's yeah. like second year, maybe like, Early in that, so you know how he does against first, second-year quarterbacks. They did beat him by three points in New England. And Kyler didn't play particularly well, uh, but young quarterbacks never do. He's a veteran now. He's at home. If he wants to run around and create some havoc, I think he can. To me, this is a coin flip game all the way. I would never lay money on Arizona. But I'm not taking him in a contest. I don't fucking know. But anyway, I, I, I really got no lean on this game except to go with my buddy and a teaser. I love that. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, time you all have been waiting for. It's time for those free SF picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. Yep, for the free pick this week, and it is on quite a tear, so we got to keep that streak going. Let's go to the 3 o'clock Central Slate and take those Denver Broncos catching the 9.5. I don't think it's going to go up any higher to 10. It's probably going to hold there, maybe even take down a 9 by game by game time, but who knows. Denver, plus 9.5, free pick of the week. All right, guys. Uh, college this week, we only got one game. It's Army-Navy. I don't want to just willy-nilly. Still undecided on this one. I made this game a pick em. That is where it opened. Now it's Navy minus two and a half. I don't know why exactly. I guess strength of schedule, but that honestly never matters in this game. I definitely do lean to Army and the under. And if you want to mm-hmm. buy the three and parlay that with the under, you can get it for plus 250. 
as opposed to the plus 272. So you pay 22 cents for the half a point there to get Army at the three for the straight two-teamer. That's what I personally did, but until I find out why this line is moving, I cannot fully recommend taking Army. But I, will, I am going to give you a full free pick here. It is a future bowl bet, early future bowl bet. Too late. Plus a two versus USC. USC has literally zero interest in this game. They're starting and future NFL seniors most likely out. Their star quarterback is hurt and, and most likely will be opting out. And if that happens, do not be surprised that Tulane is, Tulane is favored. Come kickoff, Tulane on the other hmm. side of that just won at the ACC. Their head coach is 12 and 8 ATS in bowl games in his career. And in this matchup specifically, Tulane almost beat Lincoln Riley in Norman last year straight up as a 31 and a half point dog. You know, we've already played it, we've already gave it out to our clients. The sharp money is already in on Tulane, and there will be an avalanche of fucking cash coming in if Williams announces that he is out. So get it while it's hot, baby. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like that. All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all, but more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both Stevens as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard on money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a book again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby!